Welcome to our podcast. Here you'll find the latest ministry from our church. We hope it blesses you and gives you a fresh perspective. I want to take, if I could, the second of the conditions or issues that stop us from getting the best from God today. And uh, I want to have a look at the subject of patience and intolerance and how we combat that as a Christians. You know, we live in a, in a throwaway society. Um, some countries more than others. Does it mean it's right? But you know, in some cases, we do that with relationships. And uh, when people don't go and say what we want them to say, well, I'm not speaking to them again. Or I'm not going there. You've gone to a restaurant and the first time has been good and the second time has been good and the third time somebody spoke to you abruptly or the meal wasn't just quite, well, I'm not going there again. And we forget to see what the other side of things are like. And uh, it, it's interesting that just how many people suffer from impatience and intolerance, I would think we all have in some degree. And it can stop us from knowing God's best. Stop us from knowing God's best. So things have happened in your life that you don't like. Well, I'm not going to believe in God then. If there's a God, why has he allowed that? We never consider that possibly the fault's our own. And that God's waiting to help you and to stand with you and to take you to what your purpose in life's like. But because it hasn't ticked the boxes the way you want, well, that's it. I'm not going to believe God then. Maybe you're a Christian this morning and things have happened in your life that you don't understand. And because you don't understand, you stop praying. And maybe you've not picked up the Bible because it hasn't given you what you wanted to hear. Maybe you wanted a pat on the back and, 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 it, and it didn't happen that way. It's quite interesting and, uh, when I look at the subject of impatience and intolerance because James, the half-brother of Jesus, has some incredible things to say about life and about tolerance and patience. Particularly if you're a Christian this morning and, and you're going through a difficult time or, or, or you're questioning, in James chapter 1, verse 2, I'm going to look at several passages of the Word of God this morning, but he, he makes this statement. He doesn't say, if trouble comes. He says, whenever a trouble, a trial, I call them now, a challenge, comes your way. So you, we, are, we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where things are not going to run smoothly. And Jesus told us that, but we don't like those sort of promises. That we are going to have times of difficulty, but Jesus warned us. And James said this, if you are going through a difficult time in, in chapter 1, verse 2, he, he really is, he said, stop reacting. Stop reacting, but see what God can do in it. 
and allow God to use it. Because if you're a Christian, then God has your life in his hands. And he will steer you through and help you through situations. And even if they are of your own making, if you say, Lord, I've deviated from your path, will you help me? We have a patient God who will then work for our good. James says then, therefore, allow... I love this in verse 4. Allow that situation to mature you. I love this. And make you complete, lacking nothing. In other words, God will use that time of frustration to character build you. To character build you. And James then goes on really, really common sense talk. He says this, if during that time... If during that time you still you, you don't know what to do, you don't know how to react, James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God. Ask God who gives generously to all, and I'll get ready with this bit, without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So when you come to him, the enemy would say, fancy, God's not interested in you now. Look, look at that situation. That's of your own doing. Without finding fault, God will give you what you need, but you must believe. That's what James said, and not doubt. You must believe and trust him and not doubt, even though you cannot see why, how, and why you're there, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave on a sea. Now, we've all seen waves, and when the, wa when the wind comes, the waves just suddenly get bigger and bigger, then they die down again. And some Christians are like that. Some people are like that. And the word really, James goes, says, you will be double-minded. You'll be double-minded. What does he mean by this? And the word that he, he talks of in, in the Greek is inconstant. In other words, you are frequently changing. Now, what the enemy wants you to know, the enemy of your soul, he doesn't want you to enjoy life at its best which is what this series is all about. He doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to sometimes doubting, sometimes trusting, sometimes... And there was a song about that, but you know, that's not biblical. That's not what Jesus wants. He wants people who are constantly saying, God, although I don't understand, yet I believe you. Yet I believe you. And as you start to do that, you start to grow. Now, just as I spoke last week, that... There is a peace, which is a natural peace, a peace when the washing's done and the ironing's done and the kids are asleep and your work's all done and the accounts are done. But when you become a Christian, there is a third dimension peace. A peace without comprehension, without understanding, that takes you through incredible situations that you, normal, the normal mind would crack up, but God sustains you. Now, there is a, a supernatural patience. 
Because when you're a Christian, you are three dimensions. Now, let me just show something. Because we're made in the image of God, a three-person God, and I've, I've spoken on this before, because we're a three-person God, and we are in, he, in his image, he has made us into three persons. And we are spirit, soul, and body. And that's only put in that order. Paul puts it in, in, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. He puts that order together. Because the word of God speaks about the spirit, speaks about the soul, and, 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 and speaks about the body. We talked about it last week. Paul joins them together because we're made in his image. Before we become a Christian, they're not in that order. Before we become a Christian, it's body is the top. It takes preeminence. Our soul, be it the mind, be it the heart, the center of affection is about us, what we want, who we want to know, who we want. It's all about us. And our spirit, that which comes alive at times in interesting things and makes us and breathes through us and gives us life, it's actually dead unto God. So the spirit there, the spirit of life, and we can we have good times and we sometimes if but it's dead to God because of sin. We can still have supernatural encounters because God can speak to us, but we can't know him and relate to him as father and child because it's dead because of sin. When you become a Christian and you say, God, please forgive me my sin. Wow, what God does then. The Bible says, and it's incredible, that he brings our spirit alive. He brings our spirit alive. And that spirit now takes preeminence. Our affections, he puts in a new purpose. And he says, now set your affections on things above and don't worry about the body. Because I can look after that. If I can look after the birds, as I spoke last Sunday morning, I can look after you. Now, when it comes to patience and peace, all of this, when you become a Christian, you know these in its greater God-like fullness. I have come that you might have life and life in its fullness. So in Galatians 5.22, when he talks about the Holy Spirit bringing forth fruit in your life, one of these, these is patience. And tolerance. I'm going to speak about what God means behind that. It's not just, oh, okay, some people are more patient than others. We see that in the natural. The God patience is different. And, and what the word actually means, and I, I love this, it is endurance, it's fortitude, it's strength. So when you become a Christian, God says, you don't lose heart. Don't give up. I have come and will put within you a fortitude that cannot be broken. If you trust me, I will keep you strong. In a situation where you can lose cool and think, I can't handle this anymore, God says, call upon me and I will put my God patience within you. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Allow my Holy Spirit to grow it in you. But it is an act of will. You've got to trust God. Lord, I need it. I need more patience. And God will put that fortitude within you. 
When we look at Galatians 5.22, we look then at this incredible, tenacious spirit that you come out. It doesn't matter what comes, although I don't understand what's going on, God. And this is the attitude God speaks of and James is talking about. Although I don't understand why this is happening. I don't understand this. Lord, it won't stop me from praying. I can't fight. I find it hard to pray, but I'm going gonna, gonna to keep praying and praising you. When you praise God, God comes into, your, into the, that circle while you pray. I'm going to keep trusting you and I'm going to keep serving you, Lord. So many Christians, you know, when, they, when things don't add up, do you know what the first thing they do is they stop praying. They don't read the Bible. And then they think, I don't need to go to church. I don't need the people of God anymore. You have been totally sucked in by the enemy who comes to steal what God's given you. He wants to character build you. I forgot this incident and God brought it to my memory. And, and it, I, I try to use illustrations of, if they are personal because if they're related to me, then uh, no one can be offended in that way. But I remember many years ago, but it's been about 15, 16 years ago, and uh, arriving outside a church. And it was this church. And um, God had spoken to us as a family that this was to be where we were to come. But the church was going through a difficult time and, and lots of change. And I was asked to lead the service one night. <clears throat> and I remember arriving at the church with my guitar. And I remember coming to the, to the door. And this gentleman, or this man met me and he said, we don't need you tonight. We found somebody better. Well, there's always somebody better than yourself, isn't there? We don't need you. And I had two options, possibly three. I could give him a piece of my mind, but that's not Christ. I could get in the car and drive home, or I could come in. So I went to the car and I put my guitar in the car. And as I sat in the car, hurt, upset, shocked, that's to be spoken like that. I sat in the car and God spoke to me very clearly. Is it me that you're going into the fellowship for or is it to do something? And I said, it's Lord, it's for you. It's because I love you. I'm not stopping you. Just going in. So I remember coming and sitting at the back. And that's where I sat for many, many weeks that followed. And I tell you what happened. By sitting at the back of the church, one day, in one meeting, God showed me the front of the church like it looks right now, with microphones lined up. And I thought that picture I'd seen months back, but God brought it back, it's now. And I remember sitting at the back of the church and God saying, there will be a season of my blessing at that time. I say that, friends, because 
what if I'd have got in the car and driven home? And I would never have known God's blessing. So I wasn't had no idea of ministry at that point. And the enemy could have even taken me away from where God was bringing me. No idea. Our lives were somewhat different and career was going well in teaching. So it's so easy to lose heart. It's so easy to give up. And that's just what the enemy would do. He would come to spoil first and then to steal and then to destroy. But I've come that you might have life at its best. So what? You've been hurt. So what? Situations in your life don't add up. Maybe you're not a Christian this morning. If you're not a Christian, don't turn your back on the one who can move right through your life like a tornado and show you your purpose while you were born. And if you're a Christian this morning and you say, so I've, I've been hurt, land, listen. Even I don't care how hurt you have been, no one could be more hurt than Jesus. He knew what it was to have all his disciples leave him. He knew what it was of his inner disciples to let him down and follow him at a distance, even at the cross. Thank God some weren't too far away. But one day he had many go. Notice there weren't thousands on the day of Pentecost when they were praying. There were after, but not the start. When I think of the Lord Jesus, you might say, but Lan, you don't have the physical pain, I wonder. I want to tell you this. I don't, you may be under physical pain, but no pain is greater than what Jesus went through. The Bible says in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was made very real to me this week, talking to someone, when he sweat as well, drops of blood, that that physically can, can happen. But normally it's at the point of death when that happens, when the anguish and the guilt of your sin and my sins nailed upon him, was put upon him, that was even before the cross. But he didn't want his body to give in. Lord, not you. Lord, your will be done. And angels attended him. He was to go through horrendous stuff beyond that. But you know, there's a verse of scripture I love. As a young girl, I found it and a song was birthed out of it. And it's in Isaiah 42. I love it. In faithfulness, he will bring forth justice. He will not falter or be discouraged. He will not fail. And I want to tell you this morning, whatever your situation, do not lose heart because God never, never, never fails. And there is a word of God, you know, and I love the Old Testament, you know, because Jesus is the epitome of patience and endurance. And he is the resource that you draw upon. And in the Old Testament, we see start and beginning. When you read the New Testament, you never really know what happens to the end of some people's lives. In the Old Testament, you have start and beginning. And I love it because when you look at these stories and you allow the Holy Spirit to breathe as you read it, you will see your life situations unfold. 
you will see the intricacies of God coming through. And so as towards the end of my message, I just want to bring this minister, I just want to bring just some thoughts from a beautiful book. It's only got 10 chapters. It's named after, it's one of its main characters. For me, there's only two characters in there that stand out, one more than the other, and it's, it's the book of Esther. It's the book of Esther. If you try to find it, I thank God for the little song that, that taught me all the books of the Bible, because this one's obscure, and I know it comes just before Job. And so when you look at the book of Esther, it's a beautiful story. Read it when you get home. And uh, she's a lovely, lovely young girl beautiful looking girl and she belongs to the Jewish uh, nation and the Jewish nation have been taken captive right there in Persia and uh, it, it's interesting because that's my first lesson of patience I just want to drop a few lessons of patience and the fortitude of God is that, she, that the country Persia had taken this nation and they were just in the corner but the word of God says something beautiful in chapter 3 verse 8 that they just went on their own business they just carried on you know life at times takes turns and we want great answers all at once but you know it's walking with God if there's things you can't put right you don't understand don't lose heart and give up keep walking Paul says, keep in step with Christ. Keep walking. And this Jewish nation, although being taken into exile, just carried on. And then one day, the king at the time wanted a new wife. No comment there. But he wanted a new wife. So you'll find out how the story evolved and why he wanted a new wife. But basically, he sent his royal officials to take all the beautiful young women and take them to his palace for a harem. Esther was beautiful, so she was taken. I want you just to imagine here this man. For me, was the hero. His name was Mordecai. He'd adopted Esther as a little girl into his family because her parents had been killed. As a guardian. And I love this story for me and this incredible account of this man. Because the next lesson I learn about the patience is that not only do it just requires loyalty, just keep walking with God, but it requires commitment. If you love God, stay committed. End of story. He stays committed to you, so stay committed to him. The Bible says that Mordecai left his hometown, I want to pause for a second there, to go to the palace, and I love what it says in chapter 2, verse 11. Every day he walked to and fro near the courtyard of the harem to find out how Esther was and what was happening to her. Now, in order for her, him to do that, he had to leave his own family back home. That's why you need the body of Christ. Because you need help at times and you need people to support you. Stay committed. Don't have a wobbly because things aren't going your way. Just keep trusting God because it isn't God's doing. 
He will allow things to carry to build you, but God wants the best, life at its best. As we see, we, another incredible lesson about patience is that patience will bring results. The God patience will bring results. That stung it will bring results. You may not realise at first. And Mordecai, while he's sitting at the gate, day after day, because his heart's on that young girl, he hears of a conspiracy going on. Nothing to do with him, but to do with the king. And if you follow the story, by now Esther is so beautiful, she's become the queen. Limited powers, but she's become the queen. And so he, he talks to her through the gate that someone's out to kill your husband. And the husband was saved as a result. You might say, well, okay, what happened? <laughs> I tell you what happens. That's in chapter 2. Keep patient with God. Keep walking. Because after chapter 2, there's chapter 6. And you'll say, see that because of chapter 2, because he stood by the gate, because he heard the conspiracy, by chapter 6... He actually saves his own life and the lives of the Jews. What would have happened if Mordecai had said, oh, well, he's in the palace now, nothing I can do. God's let him down. Oh, I don't understand what you're doing, God. I'm going to trust you anymore. Would have affected the whole nation. But patience... Brings results. Patience requires commitment. Patience with God requires loyalty. Come on, be loyal to your God. The one on the cross was loyal to you, friends. And he wants life at its best, so don't be sucked in by the enemy. But it will require courage. In the Old Testament, you'll always find a picture of the enemy, and the picture of the enemy was a man called Haman. And for no apparent reason, he disliked the Jews. I get broken when I see when the enemy deceives people, sucks them in and, and makes Christians look foolish. And then I tell you, he drops them. I can show you people who are dropped and broken. They may not be yet, but if they're not yet, there comes a day when Jesus is coming back. And I tell you, friends, he will drop you. You'll see that the so-called mates there of, of, of the king of, and Haman, you'll see that he was just looking after himself, just purely looking after himself. And he ordered that all the Jews, because he didn't like them, were going to be killed, including Mordecai. Now, there's something about Esther I never said. And I love this. I love this point in scripture. Mordecai had taught Esther, even when she was taken captive into the harem, remember who you are. Don't lose your identity. Even though you're in a harem and you're in a difficult situation, don't lose your identity, child. And there's a lesson for you and I here with patience. God saved you. So things may be 
difficult and people round about you may say, oh, I don't believe God. Don't lose that new identity God has given to you. And because Esther, in that harem of girls, remained faithful to God, her moment was to come. That patience requires obedience. Just keep following me. Okay, you can't do anything about it, but I've got it all in hand. Just keep following me. And the Mordecai I said to her at the gate, Charles, Haman is about to kill the Jews. And they, he'd even got his scaffolding ready. You've got to speak up for your people. Wow. And that patience will require challenges. There will be times you will hold fast to God against all odds. She'd got to come into the king's palace. Now, okay, she's queen but she had limited power and only a certain time to stand before the king. It took planning, it took preparation, it took prayer. If you read the story, it is amazing. But God was with her all the way. And at the time, I love what Mordecai said, and the whole book seems to revolve around this particular verse. I love this. Who knows, says Mordecai, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. As he's standing by the gate, he said, Esther, this is now why God has birthed you, to speak for your people. When I was putting the message together, God told me to pause right here. Because I believe God stands at the gates of our lives. If you're a Christian this morning, God's standing at the gate of your life. Oh, you've, let, you've allowed him in, but throughout your life you will meet new gates. New gates where God's taking you into finding the purpose right at the end. Maybe new, a new way for you to serve him, a new way to be. A new, a new God says, I want you to do this for me. But listen, he never pushes that gate open. He waits for you to say, okay, Lord, whatever you want me to do now, I'm going to do this. This is, And allow the Spirit to say, okay, I want you to do such and such. Maybe you're not a Christian. I want to say you're here by royal appointment and, you're, and God's standing at the gate of your life and it may be the only time he stands there because you may not allow him to stand there much longer. Because you're intolerant, so I don't want God. And God says, now, today, I want to speak and I want to change your life. Why are you struggling when I gave my life for you to give you life at its best? And I'm standing at the gate of your life. You might be listening here. You might even be on a podcast listening. And God is waiting at the gate of your life. And you say, I need, I need you, God. God says, then allow me, allow me to do what I want to do in your life. Allow me to take your life, take your sin in exchange, give life at its best. The Holy Spirit, when he speaks, and he says, give me time, 
Christians, allow God to character build. I conclude. It's an amazing and magnificent book. At the end of all of this, we see because Mordecai had kept faithful at the gate, because Esther then took courage and loved her God, she stood before the king. If you read the story, you'll see, because they didn't give up, justice was bought. The Jews in chapter 8 never ever knew such self-respect come back to them as they did in chapter 8. And they had joy and gladness, even though they were in Persia, they had a limited amount of emancipation in Persia because of this young woman and the faithfulness of Mordecai. Because God is faithful to his word. Because God is patient with us. The patience of Jesus blows me away. See, when I actually look at this story, right at the end, I, I, we see a picture of Mordecai, and it says this, that he wore linen garments and a purple cloak and a, and a crown. He became second to the king. When I look at this, I just see something of my precious saviour in this man because we read in chapter 10, it's the very last verse, that he worked for the good of his people. Why shouldn't you give up this morning? Why shouldn't you lose heart? Why should you give God a chance in your life? Because God is patient with you. He was patient upon the cross, though they reviled him, though they spat upon him. The Bible says his face was marred more than any man, yet he said not a word because he wanted you and I to have life at its best. This morning, I want to just pause for a minute. Maybe we have to say, okay, God, I'm going to stop doubting you. I don't know how you're going to do this, but Lord, I am going to trust you because all you have never, ever failed. Maybe you're an unbeliever this morning, or you do believe, but you've never committed your life to Christ for 101 reasons, and the reason is because he hasn't suited you. I tell you, God loves you. And God waits at the gate of your life and says, allow me in. See, see, I love you. Let's just pray right now. I really believe as I was putting the word together that God was going to challenge you on loyalty. God is going to challenge People this morning on commitment to your God. The God was saying, I'm at the gate of your life. You've committed your life to me, but I'm at the gate now of taking you to the next step of your future. Don't let the enemy make you go to sleep, cause you to doubt. Maybe you say, but I've, I've done my time. I'm, I, I, what can I do? Listen, there is no mention that in the word of God. 
until God calls us home, we have not finished. And we have not finished then. And God challenges this morning. God challenges you right now. Don't throw me away. Don't throw my purposes away. Don't be sucked in and give up and lose heart because I haven't lost heart with you. Maybe as a Christian right now you want to say, Lord, here am I. Make me loyal. Keep me loyal. Keep me committed to you. Keep me serving you in whatever way. Help me not be deceived by stuff that comes in to distract me. Lord, I want the life that you've planned for me at its best. I want to know you and I want to see you and I want to feel you and I want to be with you in all that I do. I want your presence in my life, Lord. If your presence isn't with me, God, I don't want to move further than my seat right now. Lord, the Christians who are praying that right now, I pray by your Holy Spirit you will just minister. If you've felt you've been intolerant to God, then ask him right away now, I'm sorry, Lord. I want your patience and your fortitude and strength to hold fast to what you've promised. And maybe you're not, you've not committed your life to Christ. And right now, he's at the gate of your life. Right now, you feel uncomfortable inside. That's the Holy Spirit. And he's saying to you, I love you. And I gave my life for you. Just open up your life to me and trust me. Right now, if you need prayer right now and you want to become a Christian right now, then raise your hand and I can see and let me pray with you. Because I know that God wants to do something within your life. Lord, I just thank you this morning that you never give up on us. You never give up on us. Upon the cross, Lord, against all odds, you remained faithful and you did not fail. And I thank you, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that this week we will know your strength and fortitude. In all that we do, we will know your tolerance. In weakness, we will call upon you. And we will be renewed, we will be refreshed, we will be strengthened, because that is your word. And we will know life at its best. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website, www newlifepentecostal.church We do hope you'll listen again.